listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. It is a Hymn Sing with Sarah day. Mm. Woohoo! Mm. Mm. I'm really excited about this one. This is this is a promised episode that I think was actually Aaron's idea. Back when we talked about something else, there was some hymn sing and a Franzman hymn came up, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Aaron said you should do a Franzman hymn sing. You know episode. what it was? Good. It was Reformation. It was your ref- oh. Reformation episode because mm-hmm. I thought that a Luther hymn oh, right. was actually a Franzman hymn. Yes. Mm. Yes. I do remember that. So this is the fulfillment of that promise. <laughs> this is the Martin Franzman Himsing episode. It is <laughs> it might be a little epic. There's just a lot of Franzman hymns that we don't realize are Franzman hymns. That happened to me. Several of the ones that I really love, I never I didn't realize they were Franzman hymns until I think this year. Uh, except for thy strong word, because everybody knows that thy strong word is a Franzman hymn. <laughs> and even in the in the Facebook group, people are like, "I don't, I don't know these hymns. What are you even talking about?" So we're gonna look at Franzman's hymns today, and I'm also gonna give you some of his background. There's just a lot about him. He has a large story. He's in more recent memory. He taught at both seminaries, so there's just there's a lot of pastors that know him. He has a pretty significant legacy that I think is underrated among Lutheran circles. There's lots of books by him. There are books about him. So I can't tell you his entire story in this podcast because we will be here for like a week to talk about him and nobody really wants that. So I'm going to give you some of his life, his story, and we're going to look at his hymnody and it's going to be fantastic. And hopefully you will all love Franzman hymns as much as I now do. And I have a new favorite now to put on my favorites list, which mm. is always an exciting thing. It's been yes. stuck in my head. I'll get to that in a little bit. But first, before we dive into the hymns, I want to tell you his story, at least as much as I can tell you without boring you to tears. And... <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah. I tell you, Sarah, I'm actually really excited for this one because sometimes when you do story times or hymns sing episodes, I know quite a bit about the subject already. This one, mm-hmm. really, no clue. That when you said Martin Franzman, I was like, who is that? <gasps> no and then, you know, you mentioned the hymn, the one hymn that everyone knows from him. And I was like, oh, yeah, that. But I had no idea that Martin Franzman was anybody. So I'm I'm excited to fill in some gaps in my own knowledge of hymnic history. Yes. And we're going to give him a, a little of the recognition that I think he very much deserves in our Lutheran hymns, hymn circles in our Lutheran hymn books. Also, if you love learning about hymns and their history and their people, their, their writers and translators and tune writers, my always... Continual shout out for the uh, hymnal companion to the Lutheran service book from Concordia Publishing House. If you don't have one yet, we all just got stimulus checks. At least most of us probably just got stimulus checks. So (laughs) go use some of that stimulus check money (laughs) on a hymnal companion (laughs) from CPH. It it will be worth every penny. There is so much in that book about anything you could ever want to know. The funny part is for this one, I actually needed to look at other resources because – 
of the Franz hymns that I talk about, only about half of them are actually in LSB. So I had to pull out all the rest of my hymnal companions from all of the previous Lutheran hymnals. And my what piano a great was great week you've had. It was right. covered in hymnals and <laughs> hymn companions. And I was like, I was in another on another level. Uh, like they talk episode- about flow. Oh, this is exactly the reason why you have the hymn sing episodes. Like this is the <laughs> textbook example of why this segment exists. It and if you amazing. want to see this scene for yourself, check out Sarah on Instagram. Her new brand new handle at hymn nerd. None of us was surprised when she switched over to uh-huh. that. Well deserved. I uh-huh. think. You'll see. The, you'll see with your own eyes what she's talking about here. It's amazing. It's my favorite thing. So. I will also reference a book by the Reverend Matthew Barrasso, who I actually went to Concordia with. He did his STM on Franzman, and so he has a book all about him. A lot of the biographical information that's in here is actually from his book because the Hymnal Companion doesn't actually tell a lot about his family. Like they just say he has a wife and kids, which is fine. Like you can't tell his whole story in the Hymnal Companion. So a lot of the biographical, like personal information actually comes from Pastor Brasso's book. And it's called The Art of Exegesis and Analysis of the Life and Work of Martin Hans Franzmann. So you can also get your hands on that too. I need to interject here for anybody who doesn't know Matt Barrasso. <laughs> okay. And if you have any doubts about who Matt Barrasso is as a theological scholar, let me just tell you, he is the reason why I'm married to Matt Gerzewski. Mm-hmm. Basically, he basically manifested it into existence. Yes. So you yes. better show some mad respect for the Reverend Matthew Barrasso. I'm not. I'm gonna preserve your middle name because I don't know if you're embarrassed mm. by it anymore. But anyway. <laughs> There you go. There's there's his street cred. Okay. There you go. All right. And now that we're, you know, five minutes into this podcast. (laughs) Martin Franzman. (laughs) He was born on January 29th, 1907 in Lake City, Minnesota. He died on March 28th, 1976 in Cambridge, England, which is why we're doing this episode now close to the anniversary of his death. But that's not all I'm going to tell you. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) He was the son of a Lutheran pastor and German immigrant, the Reverend William Franzman and Elsie Griebling Franzman. He attended St. John Lutheran School, a very Lutheran school name, Mm. in Lake City. And then he went on to Northwestern Preparatory School in Watertown, Wisconsin. And that school has since merged with Martin Luther Preparatory Academy in Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin, to become Luther Preparatory School, which is a four-year secondary school owned and operated by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. And it's actually the oldest Lutheran high school in the United States because Northwestern Prep was founded in 1865 as the prep department of Northwestern College in Watertown. So that's just a little bit of Lutheran history for y'all. I thought that was really a cool thing. He was a voracious reader. He read everything in sight. Like his parents thought he was going to have a problem because he just like couldn't stop reading. And that would actually serve him well later on in his theological and writing endeavors. And probably not surprising, his childhood home was full of music and hymns. So that also led to a lot of the things that he would do 
later in life, combining all of these uh, loves of reading and theology and hymnody. So Franzman continued at Northwestern for his undergraduate study, and he received his BA in 1928. In 1930, he began his seminary education at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in Thiessenville. And I'm just elephant in the room. He wasn't actually raised in the LCMS. He was raised in Wisconsin Lutheran Synod. But at the time, if you think about this, back in what the 30s, ecumenical things, the ecumenical landscape was very different Mm. in the Lutheran world than, than it is now. So just keep that in mind that this isn't a weird thing that he was Wells and then ended up being LCMS. It's just kind of it was a different world back then in the Lutheran Church. There was a whole lot of of uh, things getting shaken up uh, yes. around the middle of the century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although we should also point out that Martin Luther himself was not born in the LCMS. Right. So you know we don't <laughs> we don't hold that against him. No, no. It's just I, I, a lot of people may just assume that he's LCMS because of of the pedigree that we all know later on, right. but he wasn't. Which Totally cool. So right after he graduated from Northwestern College in 1928, he began teaching there as a professor of Greek and English until 1930, that two-year period in between. He also taught briefly at St. Peter's Lutheran School in Shaker Heights, Ohio, from 1933 to 1935 on a little hiatus from his studies at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. And I was curious why this happened because it's mentioned in the hymnal companion, but they didn't actually say why. And I like asking all of the crazy, like, why did that happen questions? But Pastor Barrasso's book actually says why this happened. He, his time in Ohio was actually influenced by love. So there's a cute little love story thrown in here. He married Alice Beatrice Benson on July 6, 1933, and they met while they were both in Watertown for school. So they were going to get married after he graduated seminary, but his brother-in-law, who was the pastor at St. Peter's Lutheran Church in Shaker Heights, wanted Martin to teach in Shaker Heights. Alice was already teaching in Cleveland at the time. And remember, this is during the Great Depression in uh, American history, and they couldn't give up the combined salary of $1,200 a year, which just sounds like nothing, but during the Great Depression, was that's a good amount of money. So he relented, and they moved to Ohio and got married, and the rest is history. Kind of a cute love story. So they went back to Wisconsin after two years in Ohio, and Martin received his B.Div from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in 1936, Bachelors of Divinity. Hmm. He did some more formal graduate work at the University of Chicago from 1929 to 1951. He didn't actually ever get his doctorate. In 1933, he studied in Greece, actually, for a little while as part of his studying of the classics. And his doctoral work was on the legal language and imagery in Greek tragedy, which sounds super interesting. Hmm. But he never actually finished his doctorate. He had such a heart of service that he always kept getting pulled away from his studying to serve <laughs> the church at large. So he just he never actually finished that doctorate work. He does end up getting an honorary doctorate later, though. Nice. After he graduated from seminary in 1936, he went back to Northwestern College to teach again, this time to be a professor of classics, and he was there until 1946. During this time, his two sons were born. John William Franzman was born on January 9th, 1937, and then Peter Benson Franzman was born on December 27th, 1940 wartime. He was apparently quite the family man and a devoted father to his kiddos, which is 
awesome. In November 1946, Franzman went to Concordia Seminary in St. Louis to be a professor of exegetical theology, which is one of my favorite words to say. It's so fun. And he was appointed chair of the department in 1955. And Alice Franzman, his wife, gave birth to Alice Louise Franzman, or Little Alice as they called her, on April 11th, 1950. Fast forward to 1969, uh, and little Alice marries a Royal Navy officer, and that's what actually brought Franzman to England. Uh, Martin and Alice had spent Martin's sabbatical year in 1967 in England, and he was convinced to stay in England after that time. So after 1969, he became tutor of Westfield House in Cambridge, England, and was ordained by the Evangelical Lutheran Church of England and installed at Westfield House on October 4th, 1969. So he wasn't actually ordained until he got to England, which was something I didn't realize. It was kind of, that's an interesting point. He was at Westfield House until he retired in 1972 to Wells, Somerset. And then after he retired, because he couldn't just like retire and not do anything else, he was a visiting professor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Springfield, Illinois. So this is before it went to Fort Wayne from 72 to 73. And he actually received an honorary doctorate of divinity from there back in 1958. So he did end up having that doctorate level and he obviously did the work to deserve it. So Franzman died in Cambridge on March 28th, 1976, likely due to exhaustion, which after reading all of his story is not that surprising. He was a busy guy. And he was survived by his wife, Alice, and their kids, John, Peter, and little Alice. So Franzman's claim to fame is that he was a brilliant academic mind for New Testament studies. And there are lots of books about this. During his lifetime, he was incredibly active in theological leadership roles in the LCMS. Um, there are several articles and books written about him and his influential role in the direction of the Synod during this time. So remember that uh, this is prior to Seminex. This is prior to the formation of the ELCA. So there's a lot of other theological doctrinal things happening at this time. I'm not going to get into that here. But if you're interested in church history and, and those types of things that were happening, there is a lot more written about his story and his influence on all of that during this time. So he was a member of the Synodical Advisory Committee on English Bible Translation from 1950 to 1956. He was the secretary of the Synodical Conference, which came up in the Rosa Young podcast, and I yes. need to like research all of this, uh, secretary of the Synodical Conference from 1952 to 1956, vice chair of the Committee on Doctrinal Unity from 1956 to 1962, LCMS <laughs> representative to the 1962 Convention of the Lutheran World Federation. Remember, this is before Seminex, which was 1974, and the creation of ELCA in 1988, and the LCMS is no longer a member of the Lutheran World Foundation, which is considered more liberal and is rather a member of the more conservative International Lutheran Council, which was officially formed in 1993. So lots of Lutheran history there. And he was a member of the Commission on Theology and Church Relations from 1962 to 1969. So he had 
lots of leadership roles in our synod and a lot of influence on a lot of things. He also has several theological books under his name. If you go to cph.org and search Franzman, you'll find probably most of them. The most recognizable one might be the Concordia Commentary on Romans, published by CPH in 1968. I didn't realize that one had been out that long or that he wrote it. That is really cool. He was a brilliant exegetical theologian. I had to say that word again, which means he was <laughs> wonderful. It's so fun. He was wonderful at the interpretation and explanation of scripture, particularly the New Testament. Obviously, and this is why this podcast is happening today. He was also a very active hymn writer and translator throughout his life. His hymns were first published in a book called Christian Hymns, published in 1934 while he was a teacher at St. Peter's Lutheran School. And it was actually his brother-in-law, the pastor of St. Peter's, who encouraged him to even begin hymn writing. His first to be published in a hymnal was his translation of Rise Again, Ye Lionhearted, in the Lutheran hymnal in 1941. He was a lover of good theology, and he said that theology is doxology. Theology must sing. And I'm going to read you a quote from his book, Ha Ha Among the Trumpets, which might be the best book name ever. (laughs) (laughs) And this is from CPH. So this is a collection of some of his sermons. They are fantastic. And the sainted Carl Schalk also says that the sermon that I'm going to read part of for you is alone worth the price of the book. So if Schalk says that, you should probably just go buy this book. So this is is from Franzman's sermon on Colossians 3.16 that is labeled for Reformation. Rather, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, and then we shall inevitably find, sing, and produce the best in song. We must produce. The song of the church must be an unending song. The church must cherish the best, but its song should not be a mere repetition of the songs in the past. Then shall we sing with grace, with all the emphasis on God, and a most unsentimental subordination of ourselves. We shall sing to the Lord. With our song, we shall guide one another continually to the center and foundation of the Christian's life, and thus really teach and admonish one another. We shall sing in our hearts, the whole man will sing. We shall see then, realize the ideal of all Christian song, the whole man with all his powers, with all the skills and gifts that God has bestowed upon him, wholly bent on giving utterance to the peace that rules within him wholly given to the purpose of letting the word of Christ that dwells in him richly become articulate and audible through him to the upbuilding of the church and the glory of God. Then shall our theology be doxology. There you go. So he loved pairing this theology with hymnody, and that was of utmost importance to him. That goes into all of these hymns that he wrote, and this is really fun. So buckle up, ladies. Franzman has 12 hymns and translations published in our Lutheran hymnals, and that is Lutheran across denominations, although he wrote 20 and translated seven. So the ones that we have in our hymnals are In Adam We Have All Been One, which is Lutheran Service Book 569. That's on my favorites list, and I didn't know it was his. Isaiah In a Vision Did of Old, which is the translation of Isaiah Mighty Seer that we have, but a different translation. And he translated that one. That one's a Martin Luther hymn. O fearful place where he who knows our heart, 
did not know that one. Oh God, O Lord of heaven and earth. Awesome one. Oh kingly love that faithfully also didn't know that one. Oh thou who has of thy pure grace. Also didn't know that one. <laughs> Our Paschal Lamb that sets us free. That's a, that's a pretty well-known one. Uh, that's Lutheran Service Book 473. Preach you the word and plant it home. Lutheran Service Book 586. Rise again, ye lion-hearted. He was a translator for that one. Thy strong word did cleave the darkness. We all know that one. Lutheran mm. Service Book 578. Weary of all trumpeting is my new favorite. I did not know that one until this week, and now it is stuck in my head, and it's awesome. And then, with high delight, let us unite. He was the translator on that one. That one is Lutheran Service Book 483. So, ladies, which one is your favorite? Well, I have, for a long time, Thy Strong Word was my favorite. But in the past couple of years, what I affectionately refer to as Ogoloha A has become my favorite. <laughs> and that one is O God, O Lord of Heaven and Earth. Ogoloha A. Because it's really long title. Um it is. I <laughs> that's one I did not at all grow up singing. I first sang it at work in chapel and was so struck by the imagery that's included in in the words that then I was like, who wrote this? And I was like, oh, ha, ha, Fransman. I didn't know he wrote other hymns. And that was my <laughs> right? that was my first introduction to the fact that I was like, oh, he did he wasn't just a one-hit wonder. And in fact, he had he had a number of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's got beautiful images. Well, not all beautiful though, but very striking mm-hmm. images. And so, like for example, the one the one verse in there, uh, it's it's in verse three, and he says, "Thou, wait, is this the verse that you were going to talk about?" Yes, it's funny. Don't do it. Do it. Go ahead. It's perfect. <laughs> well, you can you can then talk about it now if you want. But he says, "Thou camest to our hall of death, O Christ, to breathe our poisoned air." Mm-hmm to drink for us the dark despair that strangled our reluctant breath. And it's like, how often do you get to actually sing poisoned air in church? (laughs) You don't. And it's just such a, he does, he does such a remarkable job with these word pictures that he manages to pull together. And I am curious, did he often, and maybe you'll cover this, but he wasn't a composer, right? Correct. Okay. Did he often work with the same composer or did he just sort of mix it up all the time? Did Were there any repeats? I'm curious about that. There are a couple repeats uh, because of when he was writing hymnody and the state of the development of Lutheran hymnals. There are several of his hymns that, are, that do have the same tune writers okay. for that reason. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So that's that's my favorite, uh, and it's it also actually that one also has you were mentioning the quote uh, that you gave us from the sermon, yeah. and the the last verse of of Ogolohaye also he uses the word doxology yeah. and uses it almost as like a verb, like a state of being, and he's like so that each life may be a. a high doxology mm-hmm. to father son and holy ghost to thee uh and that like like it's almost like it is a a verb in the way that he in the way that he uses it yeah that's true that is very true 
All right, Brie, what's um, your favorite? Okay, so I, if you haven't gotten the, the picture at this point after so many episodes of him saying, like, I'm not a hymn scholar. I don't really know a whole lot of hymns. I thought, at the, you know, we kind of joked at this about this at the beginning of the episode. I thought thy strong word was Martin Luther hymn. Like, yep. and we're surprised to learn. You're not a hymn nerd. You're a hymn noob. I'm a hymn noob. <laughs> Basic, that's the best way to put New it. New hashtag. New hashtag. <laughs> Team hymn noob. <laughs> so I found that out. After the Reformation, there was a, either a Martin Luther hymns episode or a Reformation hymns episode that we did mm-hmm. uh, last late last year. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, Thy Strong Word, I think, is just one that has stuck with me. Like, I remember singing it when I was a kid, sort of gone. Mm-hmm. Like, as I grew up, it's just a good, when I think of good Lutheran hymnal standards, mm-hmm. Like the Lutheran songbook or whatever, I think of Thy Strong Word. Knowing what little I know about Martin Franzman, I think on top of all of like the exegetical, the theological, like his ability to educate are all wonderful things. But like he's a poet on top of all that. Like his his hymn writing is just amazing to me and and Aaron kind of touched on that but with thy strong word as somebody who has taken like literature analysis classes and Mm -hmm. stuff in college like Mm -hmm. the way the you know the the light versus dark imagery in thy strong word is just it's beautiful it sort of weaves its way in and out of every verse and I'm not going to spoil it well I guess I am going to spoil it that this happens to be Rachel's favorite Franzman hymn as well so we kind of did a paper rock scissors not really we just worked it out our favorite verse <laughs> but my my favorite verse of thy strong word which is lsb 578 is verse number three and that is thy strong word bespeaks us righteous bright with thine own holiness glorious now we press toward glory and our lives our hopes confess alleluia alleluia praise to thee who light dost send alleluia 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 without end. And happy I, Lent, everybody. Happy Lent, everybody. Like <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I was waiting to see if you'd do it. <laughs> I realized uh, as I was researching oh! this, I probably should have waited until the Easter season because half of the hymns oh, that we're talking about I are just Easter hymns. <laughs> you said it like five yeah, times. It's fine. See? It's, it's in podcast. Hem, hem noob. Hem noob. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's fine. Forgive me. <laughs> it's still a great song. Like <laughs> It is. I love this verse too because it there's so much hope and so much promise there like we're not we're not righteous like we're pieces of garbage you know but it's it's through his word that make us righteous and because of that we can press towards glory and confess Christ as we as we live our lives. So I just think that that's that's an amazing that's an amazing hopeful message. I agree and thy strong word also, my favorite Franzman hymn. Uh, my only favorite Franzman hymn, no offense. <laughs> well, because he does not get as much play as he should. No. Right. Um, but this one, I mean, you know, you've got all the memories. You've got the, one of the greatest things about this hymn is something that uh, Franzman had nothing to do with, and that's the tune. Mm-hmm. But that organ comes in with that Ebenezer tune. 
and you're like oh yeah here we go and there's a feeling like it, it, there's there's an emotion and everybody feels the same thing like i just know it in my you heart. stand up taller yes yep. when the organ prelude starts and it's yes. it's just it's a strong wonderful bright song however my favorite verse is one that comes near the end of the hymn and i love it for an ironic reason, which is like Martin himself, who succumbed to exhaustion. This song is exhausting to sing. <laughs> because it's it's just each verse is long and there are six verses and you sing them full gusto yep. with all your voice mm. and every ounce of diaphragmic strength you have. Mm. Yes. And so by the time I get through the first four verses, I'm starting to like flag a little bit here. But then here comes verse five, which is the prayer I need right at that moment. Give us lips to sing thy glory, tongues thy mercy to proclaim, throats that shout the hope that fills us, mouths to speak thy holy name. And I'm like, yes, this was what my heart was feeling right now. And I needed this. And once I'm done with singing verse five, then I'm ready to like, Bring you it have the wherewithal for that last finish. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's a it's a how many that does what it says, which is so great. Funny. So do you guys? I like when I when I sing that verse. I like to actually shout shout. Do you shout it or do you sing it? Of I like course. to shout it when I get that word. I'm like throats that shout. <laughs> That's when you know you're Sorry, doing it right. That's totally what I'm doing. The people in front of you like jump like three feet in the air. <laughs> I don't even know. That's but fun. A good poet, you know, their their words not only have the right, you know, metaphors and the powerful language, but the timing is important. And the timing of verse five is mm. just perfect. So, we got to bring it that. home. Let's pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make it if, got, if this prayer does not go out right now. That's right. That's right. Hmm. As usual, I did post this poll in the Facebook group to see what hymn was everybody else's favorites, fully expecting that Thy Strong Word would be the favorite of everybody because everybody knows that one. Mm -hmm. I was not disappointed or surprised. <laughs> um, and I normally I share these results and then we talk about a, a couple of the hymns. But since this is only about Franzman, I started doing it that way. And then I realized I have to talk about all of them. So I'm going to share the poll results as I talk about each hymn. <laughs> just It's just going to work that way today. So yes, Excellent. zero surprise. Thy Strong Word was the favorite by far. Like, over 300 votes, and the next closest has less than 50. So <laughs> blowing everyone out of the water. So it's, it's fine. a good hymn. It's a good hymn. And it. for good reason. It's in 15 or 16 hymnals or songbooks, all of our LCMS hymnals and supplements after 1950. So TLH is the only one that it's not in. It's, well, and all the earlier German ones when he wasn't even alive. But um, <laughs> it's in all of them from 1950 onward and it has actually a really cool story and rachel you mentioned the tune so this hymn was written in 1954 originally meant for concordia seminary st louis's commencement ceremony in 1955 
And Franzman's colleague, friend, and seminary neighbor, because if you know anything about Concordia Seminary, a lot of the professors live on campus and are literally neighbors. Walter Busen loved the tune Ebenezer, which is the hymns tune. So the tune actually came first. And exuberantly asked Franzman, like he ran next door and knocked on the door and was like, hey, can you write a text for this tune? Because it's so good. I need it. I need this to be a hymn. He asked Franzman to write the text for it. So that's why they pair so well together, because the tune came first. And it's a fantastic tune with hmm. a really good tenor line. If you like singing tenor lines, you should sing this one. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the seminary motto is light from above from Matthew 4.16. So he based the text on that. The original hymn actually only had four stanzas, which did include your favorites, Rachel and Bree. So don't worry. And the, the other two were added shortly thereafter. The hymnal companion, the LSB hymnal companion, has pictures of the original handwritten hymn that was sung in chapel in October 1954 at the SEM. And it says at the bottom, this made me chuckle, unless you prefer to keep this copy, kindly turn it in for further use. You know I'd be keeping <laughs> that copy. <laughs> unless you intend to keep this copy? Yeah. That's like too big of a loophole right there. Of course I intend to like, keep this copy. Tack that up on my wall. <laughs> I wonder how many they got turned in. I bet it was like five. <laughs> so the stanza beginning from the cross, which is stanza four, was added before the commencement ceremony to make it longer because the procession was going to be longer than the hymn. They're like, we need another, we need another stanza. <laughs> and, uh, and they wanted to put a more uh, a cross-focused stanza into the hymn. And the doxological stanza was added in 1959, so just a few years later. The hymnal companion also has a picture of an original six-stanza hymn from the commencement program on June 3rd, 1959, all from Concordia Historical Institute. Do you mean to say that Franzman, like, dashed off stanza four like while they're standing in the narthex before the ceremony because the organist is like we need another verse because that's what the story so. sounds like and that would be awesome i i would love to believe that but I'm, that's I how i'm gonna imagine it, it. <laughs> wait guys i got another stanza here you go we'll sing this one <laughs> thanks thanks to, uh, professor franz when you really saved the day <laughs> uh i love that alternate history <laughs> Yep. So, Thy Strong Word was sung as a processional hymn at Concordia Seminary every year from 1959 to 1997. So, it is no wonder that people know this so well because every single person who was at a Concordia Seminary commencement ceremony for, what is that, 34 years? Did I do math right? Hmm. All of them would have sung it and they probably would have loved it because if you sing a hymn, in the seminary chapel, you're going to remember it. It's a pretty memorable experience. So very, very common, popular Lutheran standard hymn for very good reason. There was some reordering of the stanzas early on, but Worship Supplement 69, which was the first hymnal to have hymnal supplement to have it, and LSB have the same order. So that was more than likely the way that he finally like settled on it and he because he didn't argue with how it was in Worship Supplement 69. This hymn has beautiful references to light throughout every verse but one. And Brie and Rachel, you both talked about that. It has all of this imagery of creation and life, Christ, the light of the world that breaks through the darkness of sin and death, and the light of Christ that comes from the cross. It is fabulous. Also has a lot of alleluias. Sorry, this is in Lent. We sing it frequently except during Lent for that reason. <laughs> 
And it's also <laughs> hymn of the day for Epiphany 5 in both lectionaries. So we sing it every year. It doesn't matter what lectionary you're on in the LCMS. So that's cool. Thy strong word, not a surprise that this was the favorite. I was curious to see how the rest of them would stack up because they're less familiar and a few of them are more familiar than others, probably just because they're in LSB. <laughs> so, O oh God, O oh Lord of heaven and earth. What do you call that? Ogolohae. Ogolohae. First, first letter of each word. <laughs> Ogolohae. I love it. That one came in second. <laughs> and I think this hymn has been making a huge comeback in recent years. And I actually thought it was a more recent, like, I thought it was just an LSB because it has been such this popular thing since uh, maybe 10 years ago, maybe five or six. Yeah, 10 years ago would make sense. I thought it was only an LSB because it came, it, it started becoming popular mm -hmm. right when LSB came out. But no, this hymn is in Worship Supplement 69. It has been around the whole time. <laughs> and we just like totally missed it. It's so good though. It's in six hymnals, Christian worship, which is the Wells hymnal, worship supplement 69, LBW, LW, LSB, and the Catholic worship two hymnal. So across all of our hymnals. It was actually commissioned by the Lutheran Council of the United States of America for the 450th anniversary of the Reformation in 1967. So that's a really cool history and explains like the kind of Reformation -y theology that's in it. It's a brilliant mission hymn speaking of a powerful creator God who saves his people and the work of those people who bring the good news to people all over the globe. Very appropriate for a Reformation anniversary. And my favorite stanza is also stanza three. Erin, <laughs> you and I have very similar taste in, in uh, hymn stanzas because <laughs> we also fought over For All the Saints <laughs> stanzas too. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Which I just find really funny. <laughs> His poetry is amazing. Mm. So the only other thing I'll say about this one, because we need to move on, there have been minor text adjustments since the original in this one. Thy Strong Word, I think, I'm pretty sure is exactly the same as it was originally written. There is a, a minor text adjustment in Worship Supplement 1969. The first stanza reads, Thy word meant life triumphant hurled through every cranny of thy world. Which I LOL'd when I read that. That is not a word we say anymore. <laughs> in LSB, it, really it now reads, Thy word meant life triumphant hurled in splendor through thy broken world. So slightly different, mostly the same meaning, but an interesting thing to read uh, how that text is slightly changed because our English language is also a little different than it was in the 60s. Yeah, but cranny is still a good word. It is. I'm a little I'm sad we don't get to sing it. it. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> I, I like the idea that... that uh, God's word can be found in every nook and cranny of this yep. world. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Broken yeah. It, it does have two slightly different, slightly different meanings. So mm -hmm. that's an interesting mm -hmm. thing to keep in mind the next time you sing it. So the next one on the list is With High Delight, Let Us Unite, which is a fairly familiar Easter hymn. It's in eight hymnals and supplements, beginning with Worship Supplement 1969, which is quickly becoming one of my absolute favorite hymn books on my shelf. It is a gem. Franzman translated this one from the original German text by Georg Fetter, which was published in 1566. So this is an old one. The original hymn was an acrostic poem of 13 stanzas hmm. with the first letter of each stanza reading Mediator Jesus, Jesus. Franzman preserves the original rhyme scheme, which other translations of this hymn did not do. So that is a 
very skilled thing to do. That to is take. hard. Yes, a 1500s German hymn, translate it into English and keep the rhyme scheme. Mm. He was a brilliant dude. That w- That is not easy. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> joyful hymn, and it's the hymn of the day for Easter 3 in the three-year lectionary and Easter 4, which is Jubilate Sunday, appropriately, in the one-year lectionary. So we probably sing this every year, which is probably why it's in the top three uh, on this hymn list. People just know this one. Or if you didn't know it was a Franzman hymn, now you do. <laughs> it's in that group of Easter hymns that we sing when we get through all the favorites. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because Easter is like, you know, six weeks long. And so you're going to eventually run out of, you know, <laughs> the Christ the Lord is risen today and all the ones that everyone yep. it, that you get in big trouble if they don't end up in the bulletin on Easter mm-hmm. Sunday. But there's so many great Easter hymns. And they get their turn, you know, on Easter two, three, four, five, you know, (laughs) we will get to them and we will love them and appreciate them when they do come up. Even if you have to sing them during communion, because there's no other space in the service for them. Right. Exactly. It's fine. It's Mm -hmm. fine. It's fine. One better Uh, to put a hymn. uh, Right. So the next hymn is the other Easter hymn. This one that he actually authored, our Paschal Lamb that sets us free. I like this one too. This one is in five hymnals, including hymnal supplement 98 and LSB in our LCMS tradition. So this one wasn't in the earlier hymnals, only our our later couple. Franzman wrote this one in 1974, part of the reason it's not in the earlier ones, (laughs) only two years before he died. Hmm. Augsburg Publishing House, which is the publisher of the American Lutheran Church, which is now part of ELCA, was working with the Lutheran Church in America also part of the ELCA now, and the LCMS in the Inter-Lutheran Commission on Worship to create the Lutheran Book of Worship, which has its own history that you can read about. I will not get into that here. During that creation process, they were doing a Hymn of the Month series for two years from 1973 to 1975 to encourage new hymnody, which I think is an awesome idea. Yeah, dude. This hymn of Franzman's was part of the 24 hymns for that series. So this hymn has been set to three tunes, which I thought was very interesting. We have the one by Walter Peltz, originally published in Hymnal Supplement 98, which also included the final Amen that was actually omitted in the original printing via publisher error. And it doesn't actually rhyme if you don't have the Amen in there, which I find really (laughs) funny. It's included in Lutheran Service Book, but they left it out in the original printing. Whoops. It's also set to tunes by Arthur Sullivan and later Richard Prue, who will come up again later. Hymn of the Month for two years to introduce a new hymnal. Yes, please. That is an awesome idea. So the next one is my original favorite in this list. In Adam, we have all been one legitimately on my hymn favorites list, and I never knew it was Franzman. It's just a fantastic hymn. It's in nine hymnals and has three tunes. Again, I don't know how these these, these texts keep getting put to all these tunes. This hymn wasn't commissioned by anyone, and it's mainly stayed within Lutheran circles in America. It's not really a popular hymn outside of our, our Lutheran circles. It was first published in 1963 and is in all of our LCMS hymnals and the Wells and ELS hymnal. The ELS hymnal is the Evangelical Lutheran Hymnary, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite hymnals. It has a different tune that I also love, and now I can't decide which tune I like better because they're both great. (laughs) (laughs) This hymn is in Anglican and Methodist hymnals, however, 
because it was sung at the 1977 conference of the Hymn Society of Great Britain and Ireland, which sounds like a fantastic group of people that I need to know. And mm. a Swedish paraphrase, interestingly enough, by Anders Frostensen was published in ni- 1986 in Den Svenska Sandboken to a traditional Swedish folk tune. So I find it very interesting that this particular hymn seems to be set to folk tunes and that might actually be why I love it so much because I love folk tune hymnody. It's those, they're all oh, the modal tunes are just great. It's a Southern Harmony tune in the LSB called The Saint's Delight. And I love Southern Harmony hymns. It actually comes from the shape note tradition, which is a little, this is a little nerd factor for you. It's a wonderfully early American sounding way of singing. The notes are, are literally different shapes for the parts and the singers move their hands up and down together to keep rhythm together. So that's how they would sing together. It's wonderful. This sounds like a future episode. Uh, we could do. There are local hmm, shape note singing out. groups in uh-huh. cities across America. And if it weren't for COVID, I'd totally go to one. Yes. It's amazing. And you've probably you've heard this tradition of music in early American movies and things. That's typically what they use for part of the soundtrack. So the text of this hymn is the story of our salvation from the fall into sin to our sinful selves to God's promise and sending of Jesus Christ to save us. It's a beautiful little nugget of our salvation story. And I love all of those hymns that do that. Also, it's in the justification section. And all of those are just really, really good Lutheran hymns. So... The next one is Preach You the Word, which is a pretty popular hymn for ordinations or installations. I think that's actually where I sung it the first time was for one of my pastor's installations back in the day. It's in five hymnals, LW and LSB for us in the LCMS, and it has two different tunes. Again, it was written in 1973 for the 125th anniversary of Concordia Theological Seminary, Springfield, Illinois. So he wrote a hymn for both seminaries, which I think is really, really cool. The motto of the seminary is 2 Timothy 4.2, Preach You the Word, appropriately, also the hymn title. It was first sung, this is great, at a hymn sing with Dr. Franzman, (laughs) can you imagine, called Evening of Christian Poetry and Hymnody with Dr. Franzman that was for faculty administrators and wives at the seminary. I would have loved to be there. (laughs) I know where Sarah's going if a time machine is ever invented. (laughs) Do that hymn sing. (laughs) This hymn is a little lesser known in our LSB. It's just not sung as much, but the poetry in this one is just as beautiful as in his other ones. And it's the hymn of the day for St. Andrew and St. Titus of course. And the biblical account of this hymn is the parable of the sower. And that is read on sexagesma, which is our favorite gesma Sunday. And then (laughs) if you listen to the Lent podcast, you know why. And then in the poll. Okay. Hang on a second. Before you go on though, this one also has a great line that I want to call, call out. Do it. Because you didn't quote it. I didn't. It's the sower sows his reckless love. Yes. yes. And I remember the first time I ever sang that one, that one just floored me and captured my imagination, like that God loves recklessly. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's, it's another very mission minded themed hymn that I just, loved and I think I used in a in a recruitment campaign then yes. uh for for missionary service. Yes. 
Yes, you're right. That is a very uh, good line. But you're right. The fact name. that the fact that this hymn, beautiful as it is, has sort of got gotten labeled as a specialty hymn for mm-hmm. you know ordinations and such. That does mean that we are less likely to use it on a regular mm-hmm. basis, which I suppose yep. is a shame. And yet, as a woman who has no problem whatsoever with our church's stance on women's ordination, <laughs> you know, preach you the word has always got to be sung out to somebody else and probably only one person in the congregation, if we're being <laughs> honest. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's good that it's a it's one that we pull out for special occasions. Yeah. Um, it is in the Word China. of God section, <laughs> not in the installation section, but as it, that is typically when it is then or like when the, the reading of the parable of the sower comes up too. Is, oh, I just remember. This is the one that has that line and bears a harvest hundredfold. Ah, oh, what of that, Lord? Yes. What of that? Yes. That? <laughs> so evocative. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Yes. So those are all of the ones that are in our Lutheran service book. Not surprisingly, those are also the ones that are at the top of the poll because that's those are the ones that everybody knows. <laughs> you tend to vote for hymns that you've heard of. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. True. So now we get to the true nerd. Now hymns. we get to the ones that nobody really knows about. This is fun. <laughs> so the next one was Isaiah in a vision did of old. And I think some people may have voted for that one because it is also Isaiah Mighty Seer which is a favorite among us. That one is also one that's coming back. And we talked about this one in the Reformation, him saying, Martin Luther, him saying, I also can't remember if it was Reformation or Martin Luther. I think it was a Martin Luther hymn saying. <laughs> so this is a Martin Luther hymn and Franzman translated to Isaiah in a vision did of old. We have this one in Lutheran service book as Isaiah Mighty Seer in days of old, but that is a different translation by an unidentified translator in a 1937 issue of the Lutheran Witness, of all things. Yeah. So we don't actually know who translated it. It was unidentified in the LW. (laughs) That cracks me up. I find that very Lutheran. Uh, It was updated for the 1941 TLH and has been altered for a Lutheran service book. So Franzman's translation, he's a great guy and I I love his hymns. I can't sing this translation. And it probably has nothing to do with the actual translation. It's just that I know Isaiah Mighty Seer. (laughs) Like Mm. the muscle memory does not allow me to sing his translation. (laughs) It's just awkward. There's also, and I can't remember which hymnal it is because I looked through so many. Uh, One of them actually has two stanzas for this hymn as well, which I found really interesting. And I didn't actually research that any further. Hmm. But it was really odd to have different words to this tune. So there's a little bit more to this hymn than than just what we have in our Lutheran service book. So Franzman's translation is in three hymnals, just not the one that we sing out of all the time now. Next is O Kingly Love That Faithfully which is in the Wells Hymnal, the Worship Supplement 1969, and Lutheran Worship. And it's set to a Richard Hillert tune, which was another, he's another great Lutheran guy from from this time period. Gotta love a hymn title that ends with an adverb. That's there you bold. Go. <laughs> I don't know this one at all. There were some people in the poll that loved it uh, because it's in LW, so it did get sung some, but I know zero about this one and... I didn't look up any more than that because this is getting really long. So next one is, Oh, Fearful Place, Where He Who Knows Our Heart. That is a long title. That one is in Worship Supplement 69 also. And it's also set to a tune by Richard Hillert. Hillert was one of those ones that has a lot of tunes paired with Franzman texts. But they were at the same time. They they 
you know, Lutheran circle of hymnody composer people. It's kind of fun to look through the worship supplement 1969, though. And these wonderful composers and writers don't have death dates in that book. It's just really mm. cool to think yeah. about this book coming out at a time when all these people were still alive. And like the richness of all of these, mm. all of these contem- quote unquote contemporary hymns that were new at that time. It's just mm-hmm. really cool. The next one is, O Thou Who Has of Thy Pure Grace, another one I don't know at all. That's also in the Wells Hymnal in Lutheran Book of Worship and Worship Supplement 1969. He has a ton in Worship Supplement 1969. If you love his hymnals, go get that book. This is set to the tune that we know for Our Father Who in Heaven Above, if you know that that hymn in Lutheran Service Book. Our Father Who from Heaven Above. It's also a loose versification of the Lord's Prayer. So it's kind of a similar idea with that tune. Rise Again, Ye Lionhearted. This one was Franzman's first published hymn in Lutheran Hymnal in 1941. And it's actually a translation of the German hymn Loven Last Euch Wiederfinden from 1712. So that was his first publication in one of our Lutheran hymnals. And the last one, we have come to the end and I saved my favorite, my new favorite one for the last one. (laughs) And that is weary of all trumpeting. I had never heard this one until last week. I've had several people say, how on earth do you not know this one? It's fantastic. Including my husband who then stole the hymnal from me and sat down at our piano and started playing through it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fantastic hymn and I'm sad it's not in Lutheran service book so that we sing it more often. It's been around for a long time. It's in 12 hymnals but only in Hymnal Supplement 98 in our LCMS circles, which is probably why I don't know it. I had Hymnal Supplement 98 growing up, but not for very long. We held on to TLH for a long time in my church, so we didn't didn't sing a whole lot of, of Hymnal Supplement 98 hymns. It's also in other Lutheran, Catholic, Methodist, and various other denominational hymnals, which I find very interesting that this one is a very like cross, cross-Christian denominational hymn. This one also has a really good story. I may think it's really good just because it has to do with World War II history, and that's kind of my jam. So, <laughs> it is your jam. Yes. So many times, uh, maybe usually, the hymn text is written first, and then the tune is written or found for it. Obviously, Thy Strong Word was not that way either. That one had the tune first, and then the text came. So this is another one where the tune was written first and then the text. Jan Bender was on the hymnal committee for Lutheran Book of Worship, which we talked about earlier. And he has his own musical story that is also great. Maybe we'll tell it one of these days because he is another one of those like super famous Lutheran hymnity people. He met Hugo Diesler, which you may recognize as a Lutheran or um, a, a very famous organist in 1930 because they were both serving churches in Lübeck, Germany. Dissler is a very famous German organist and church musician from this time. He has some absolutely beautiful music. He lived 1908 to 1942. And if you do that math, he died at 34, which is very sadly very young because he was a brilliant person. Long story short, this was the time of World War II, and many Christians were trying to reconcile their allegiance to their country and their faith. Dissler had to join the National Socialist German Workers' Party in order to keep his employment at that time in 1933 in St. Jacobi in Lübeck, because we've talked before on other podcasts about how closely tied politics and religion were at this time in Germany. So he either 
joined this party and kept his job or didn't join the party and had nowhere to work during wartime or during, well, I guess pre-wartime Germany. Not a great situation. Unfortunately, during World War II, Dissler became increasingly unable to reconcile serving his country and his church, along with increasing depression over deaths of his friends and restrictions on his teaching and a threat of conscription into the German army. And he took his own life in 1942. Really sad story. He mm. leaves a huge legacy of music, one of which is the tune for this hymn. So Jan Bender knew Dissler before World War II, and he was actually Dissler's only first and only composition student. So there is this, this legacy passing of the torch of just brilliant um, musicianship. Bender wrote variations for organ on a theme by Hugo Dissler, Opus 38, in 1966 in tribute to his friend and remembering the tune after all these years. The original tune was written by Dissler in 1934. He was forced to write a melody for the official patriotic text Deutschland und der Schostreich, which was a celebration of the German forced annexation of Austria in 1934. Yikes. <laughs> Big yikes. So relating to his troubles about serving the Nazi party and also his faith, there's a lot of history there. It's mm -hmm. a very martial sounding piece, but it's not happy. It's very uneasy and disturbing and off kilter. And it, it gives you a little weird feeling, kind of like sticking it to the man. Like, sure, I'll write you a martial piece, but it isn't going to sound very pretty. It's modal, not minor, modal. We've talked about this. <laughs> it's a modal tune, which is also probably why I like it. I like those modals in Dorian. So it's it's this very offsetting tune, but it, it works so well with this text. So after Bender wrote this piece in memory of his friend, he asked Franzmann to write the text. And Franzmann wrote the text mm. in 1971, and it was published in 1972 in Worship 2 by Chantry Press. The setting is by Richard Prue, who is the music director at Holy Name Cathedral in Chicago at the time, another really famous church musician from this time in history. It's an eschatological hymn looking forward to the coming of Christ and our singing in heaven with him. It is a really fantastic hymn. You should go look it up and listen to it. So putting a big bow on this, wrapping it all up because we have come to the end. Wrap it. Franzman is, is highly underrated, in my opinion, in our Lutheran circles. I think we should be singing his hymns way more or at least uh, reading his poetry and, and appreciating his work in, in our church music. And I think he deserves some hearty hymn sings now. Mm. Without doubt. They have a book that you can order. I think it's print on demand. So when you order, you have to wait a while till they get enough orders on Amazon where they'll actually print it. But there's a, there's a book of his poetry called Pray for Joy. Yes. It's super, super thin little book, thin little volume. But it's delightful. So if you are someone who enjoys poetry, that might also be something to consider. Mm. So good. I like the thought of this man who, when you were telling his life story, I thought, well, that's not very interesting. <laughs> he was born. He went to school. He got married. He went to mm -hmm. more school. He worked faithfully. Pretty normal life. Yeah, he died of old age and possible exhaustion. 
And, but then the more I got to thinking about it, the more I just really loved this, you know, quiet, faithful, powerful Mm -hmm. life where maybe he wasn't out, you know, slaying lions, but he was sitting on committees and that's hard. You guys, Yep, (laughs) that that is a hero's work right there. Mm -hmm. And the poetry that came out of his, his quiet, faithful life shows how exciting his inner life must have been mm-hmm. and that that's a gift. Like we don't have to, we don't have to worry if our lives aren't particularly exciting because in Christ, we can still have that rich inner life that is more wonderful than some of the more exciting outer lives we can imagine. <laughs> so that's my thought. I want it on my tombstone, possibly died of exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> on it. Because if that happens, you're doing it right. <laughs> yes. God uses our talents in ways that we may not see the fruit of before we aren't on this earth anymore. So mm-hmm. we keep doing what we do in our vocations and, and he uses it for his glory. Amen, sis. Oh, well, ladies, this has been fun. I have been in, uh, I'm digging out of my, my uh, Martin Franzman rabbit holes that I, uh, it's, there's still traces of around my house with him still out everywhere. So <laughs> you look so happy, Sarah. I'm glad we did this. This was so fun. Mm-hmm. You're glowing. They, they talk about this that state of, of that, like that mind, that state of flow where like you forget what you're doing and you lose track of time. And like, if you find an activity that, that, you, you're able to do that like that's your thing and you should do it more often this is my thing i was i, wrote th- I was writing this for three hours and i had no idea that three hours had passed so it's my jam apparently people. bookstores are my thing <laughs> <laughs> mine is eating junk food <laughs> there you go <laughs> If you enjoy our podcasts, we would love to have you join us on our social groups and to share your stories and to tell us which hymns are your favorite. I will never ask for your favorite singular hymn because I know that's a mean question, but we'd love to know what hymns you love in our in all of our Lutheran hymn tradition. So join us on Facebook in our group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. We are also now on Instagram, which is super exciting for everybody because we can share Insta stories now, which is like <laughs> the best thing on social media. So join us on Instagram as well at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. And all four of us are also on Instagram. So if you find us there, you can follow us. It's cool. You can also find all of our podcasts, including more hymn sings, at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Him Nerd. <laughs> I'm Erin. I am really sorry for saying up. Oh, <laughs> 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 and I'm Rachel. Censorship. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to find a beep noise and put it in there. Yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> Please do it! <laughs> I think weary of all trumpeting must be how my husband feels after listening to me talk for a day. 